that's, no, I think that's, uh, oh, no. no. Rats. Well, we're still here for the Wind Daily Sports Show. Uh, welcome, everyone. Hello and hello. My name is Michael Brazil. I got my man C and Ajad. I got my man Joel Shrek here with me. Uh, Joel, we still got to fix your lighting, bud. We still got to fix your lighting. Can't have the light behind you. We need the light in front of you. We do this. <laughs> we know this now. We know this, but we are here to break it down for you. We got the Bermuda Championship. Absolutely fantastic. Bermuda, Jamaica, Sia, I want to take you. How you been? Wow. Like, you know who the Beach Boys are? I don't. <laughs> I just know the words to that song. So oh, wow. you taught me okay. something new tonight. You're welcome. Hey, I heard a vicious rumor going around the um, interwebs that hmm. baseball is still a thing. Like that's still going on. Yeah. We're still you, doing the baseball thing. You promised them we wouldn't have this show today. Um, uh, yikes. And I think you pretty much just lied right to Kamish. It seems like at least. I just assumed they were canceling the season. I mean, baseball's kind of boring. It's almost over. It should be over tonight. So, not if my money has anything to say about it. I've got Snell first half because obviously, and um, I've got the Rays over three and a half runs. First half? No, that's just an overall. Oh, oh, Jesus! That's it. Oh, that's shit. it. I should. I got my DraftKings sportsbook up. I might just want to tell that with you. Uh, you Joe, how minutes. you doing tonight, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm looking forward to tonight's game. Um, I'm rooting for the Rays. I want you to win. I just think the Dodgers are going to win, and and uh, therefore I'm in, I'm in a pickle because I do want the Rays. And it's a, it's the worst position for a gambler because you want to bet on what you want to root for, but if you don't think that's going to happen, it's just you don't want to put any money on it. So uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to be having any wagers tonight. Yeah, I think I already I just took the Dodgers outright, um, just because. We have a Wind Daily Sports betting membership here. And if you just tail the house capper, you'd be up a lot of money. So you can come tail them with me. It's been working for me. It's been working for everybody else. WindDailySports.com. You can come over, tail us, have some fun, make some money. And now so, we get a, a, over three and a half runs for the Dodgers. I mean, Gonsolin's pitching. He hasn't been great. What do you got, Sia? Michael, before I get into the, the golf pick. So did, did, the, did our house capper actually have the Dodgers? He did. Gotcha. Too, okay. uh, only a unit and a half, though. So nothing okay. crazy. Nothing crazy. Um, he had the uh, Seahawks for I want to say a couple units, and he had the Rams. Uh, minus no, no, no. Six. He had the he had Zona for no, five, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. For five point right, five right. units. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, he had to take care of, of the juice. That was a that was like a gigantic bet which I tailed. And then last night he had the Rams yeah. minus yes. six or six and a half wherever you. you got it, which I also tailed for about three and a half units. Honestly, this guy is like a straight up pro better and is really good Literally. and honestly he's particularly good in college mm-hmm. speaking of i think we have tipton on with us tomorrow for our nfl Ooh. live stream formerly of covers.com with charlotte sports yeah uh, etip 11 on twitter so that's going to be exciting but um i guess yeah. this is a golf show so yeah, to talk yeah. About we've, golf? we've talked a little bit of baseball we talked a little bit of football we'll get those out of the way now we're going to get to some golf joel did i ask you how you were doing yeah i think i did so we're good there we have the bermuda championship do you guys want to sing along with me again I, apparently it's the beast boys um we can go to bermuda we can have a lot of fun uh it should be a blast and we don't really have as many top tier golfers around this time a lot of names we know a lot of names we don't so i guess see i'll start with you what are some of the things yes we have to be good on approach we already know that but what are some of the other things that we have to care about with this particular course Oh, by the way, uh, the Beach Boys and the Beastie Boys are two different groups. Since you're only 17 years old, I just wanted to make sure you didn't make that mistake I in the future. Aged, two completely different groups. I've aged two years in the last week. This is fantastic. I appreciate that. <laughs> you're I welcome. 15, I went from 15 to 17, so that's pretty cool. I'm not angry about it. 
Also, the so, boys suck. I really just want to put that out there. The what? boys are terrible. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. So I don't even. Wow. Anyway, uh, I just that's ouch. No, bad. Okay. Anyway, okay. So listen, here's what you need to know about the course. It's a resort course. It's going to be pretty easy. Approach is definitely going to be more important than let's say off the tee. I mean, even if you don't get it in the fairway here, you're you're not out of luck. There's not a lot of danger lurking on this course. Um, I'm going to be favoring probably some of the shorter hitters that I like. Interestingly, I didn't write up Brendan Todd, but he's like the prototypical player that would succeed on this course, a shorter hitter that's very accurate. Um, We'll get into some of those players of the Brendan Todd mold that I actually like this week, but that's what you're kind of looking for. Um, Other than that, I mean, just look for low scores. The wind is going to be a factor. So we're, we're getting information like as the days go along. I don't think the tee times are out yet, but what it's looking like is that Friday afternoon is going, that's when the wind is going to pick up. So I think the Thursday morning wave with, which is matched with the Friday afternoon wave, that's probably going to be the wave on Thursday and Friday that you might want to like fade a little bit, maybe because the winds are really going to pick up Friday afternoon. But again, that information isn't concrete and Mm -hmm. we don't have tea times out yet. So we can't really fade anybody right now, but especially when you're thinking of like, I mean, first round leader shouldn't be impacted because Thursday should be relatively the same, but you know, when you're when you're picking your DFS plays, it's certainly something to consider. I mean, this is literally a coastal course, so wind is obviously going to be a factor. Sounds gorgeous, though. Joel, anything uh, anything to add to what Sia said? Yeah, I'll piggyback on Sia. One thing I, I also read is I did see wind is going to be a factor, and there could be pretty heavy gusts, so definitely want to keep that in mind. But keep in mind, it's a coastal course. There's always wind here. There was wind here last year, and the scores are still really low. So, yeah, you want to avoid the guys who have to play at the worst wind times, but it seems like even with the wind, guys should be able to still score pretty well. So uh, don't overdo the wind, but, yeah, it's still play the factor. Something to pay attention to. All right, I like it. So, yeah, let's um, let's jump right into it. We have this top tier of golfer. We have Brandon Todd, 11-1, Mr. Zalatoris, 10-9, HV3, 10-7, Doc Redman, 10-4, and Mr. Grio. At 10-1, Sia, talk to me about this top-tier range. Uh, real quick, speaking of paying attention, so people watch the live stream. We're getting a little bit more um, traffic in that arena. Oh, yeah. By the way, they wanted us to post um, in, I don't know if this is something you can do right now, but in the Discord chat, um, the yes. golf part, um, some of the guys were chiming in saying um, just How to post, just to remind. know where we are? Guys, we do this every week. I mean, well, like, I do I have to spoon-feed everything to everyone? My goodness. Well, but I, Michael, I apologize. I apologize. Michael, some of these are new subscribers so some of these guys are like realizing that win daily keeps winning at everything and they're like oh yeah i might want to sign up for that that sounds kind of fun can't blame so there are a couple names there are a couple names that i wasn't familiar with that actually were specifically asking for that so i think that's where that's coming from but the reason i even bring that up is because don't just pay attention to the live stream i mean these are these are great but just keep in mind steven isaiah patrick antonio all of these guys are, are like writing articles and honestly in my initial picks article just to toot my own horn a little bit here like I picked only 11 guys. I only picked 11 guys this time too. And honestly, all 11 with the exception of maybe one or two were really, really good. Like all like kind of in that top 20 range, you know, Saturday afternoon. And we talked about them on the live stream, but it's not just my picks. It's other people's picks too. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, wait, this, wait. we have to ahead. shout out Mr. S guy eight, four, zero, because we're on his calendar guys. We made it to his calendar. We appreciate you keep winning. He sends me screenshots on Twitter all the time. Dude's crushing us. You guys, whatever you're doing, never stop. So I apologize. See ya. Tell us about how awesome you are a little bit more. (laughs) Yeah. Um, that's a whole show, man. Like we got to do that another (laughs) time, but, um, thank you to S guy. So listen again, when it comes to the top tier range in any golf tournament, 
if you have like a really vociferous argument against somebody, you're probably just like kind of making it up because they're in the elite range for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to have to fade some guys here. And interestingly, I'm like the biggest Brandon Todd truther, but I have, I, I don't have to fade him. I'll have like a share or two, but I don't think he's playing like the, like as well as Brandon Todd normally plays. Listen, he won here last year. I think he shot like 24 under or something. Like he's clearly comfortable here. So yes, I'm going to have a share or two, but I don't think I'm interested at this price tag to take him. I am interested in Will Zalatoris. This is like a, a rising star. This guy's an up and comer and he's been really, really good. Like he's in my write up. I mean, his last few tournaments he's finished. I think he's finished in the top 10 in three of the last four tournaments he's played on the PGA tour. So HV three, who of course reminds me of RG three. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to be on him either. I think he's, you know, it's interesting. He's not super popular from a ownership standpoint, but well, we can talk about ownership later. Doc Redman is the other guy in this range. It's both Doc Redman and Will Zalatoris that I'll have the most share of shares of in this this top five, top tier range. Mr. Zalatoris, he was at the turn of the uh, new season, right? He played all those tournaments, and we had no idea who he was, and then he got some kind of card, which was pretty cool. So shout out, Mr. Zalatoris. Uh, Joel, for all the new people that still don't know that we're on 8 o'clock, I mean, we're taking numbers away from the World Series. Granted, it doesn't seem like it's that hard this year. You'd think people would know about us, but it is what it is. Uh, so, Joel, what do you have for this top tier of golfers? Yeah, I, I want to first piggyback on uh, Zalatoris. He is awesome. Um, so I, I think he's one of the better golfers. He seems to be one of the up-and-comers. I don't understand all of the rules about how you actually earn your tour card or not, but I did read something that said he needs to, if he gets in the top 49 or 69 this week, then he gets something that's good about being on the tour. So there's incentive for him to do well this week, which is good. But he doesn't need because I think he's one of the best golfers in the tour anyway, um, or in the tournament anyway. Um, for context, for me this week, one thing I really like is I think this top range that we're going through right now, I think there is a bit of separation between a couple of these guys and the rest of the field. So as I always say with these, because we've had a bunch of these unique, like less talented pools recently where the top guys aren't in it like this one. Um, I think the, the biggest thing with these is there's less of a delta from the bottom to the middle as there normally is. So um, I like to go sc stars and scrubs because there's not as big of a difference from the guys in the mid sixes and the sevens and eights as there normally would be um, in a regular tournament. So I do like a few of the guys in this range. So I'm going to be trying to get as much exposure to a few of these top guys as I can. And then I think we can fill in with some of the 6,000 range. So with that being said, uh, the, in this top range, the guys I like the most, I like Brandon Todd. He's not my favorite play. It's a combination of, you know, it's still the highest price, but he's also the highest price within the highest mm -hmm. price range, which is, you know, a little, it's a lot. Um, in addition to that, I think C is spot on. He, he's, his form is just not great. It's not terrible. It's just not like he's usually a bit better. So I'm not sure he's heading into this in the best form, but for context, he did win this tournament last year. The only other time they played it. So, you know, he's going to be comfortable on this course. And the other thing to note about this course is it's very short. So you don't need to be, have a lot of distance. You don't need to have a lot of power, which should help him. But, um, you know, the counter to that also is a lot of these guys won't even take out driver this week, right? So I think it's eliminating a lot of Todd's advantage is his driving accuracy. He's always in the fairway. And if guys aren't even taking out drivers, people will be in the fairway. So that will almost negate that advantage that he has. So from that perspective, um, I'm a little, a little bit shy, shy on him this week. Love Zalatoris. Um, I think Zalatoris is probably who I like the most to win it right now, him or Grillo. I, I won't bet them because 
I just don't like betting the favorites in the beginning of a week. Um, but I'll definitely have a lot of exposure here on the DFS standpoint. I think my model for building lineups is going to be squeezing in as much of uh, Zalatoris, Grillo, and Redmond as I can with some scrubs and just filling out lineups that way. So um, basically, that's who I like. I like Zalatoris, Grillo, and Redmond in this top range. I think, you know, obviously, like like uh, Michael said, approach is obviously the big thing. Redmond's probably known to be one of the better ball strikers in the on in, definitely in this tournament, if not on tour. So. Um, he definitely makes sense. And, and Grillo's form is there. Grillo's been playing great. If you look at his numbers recently, they're there. And in this field, he's an elite golfer compared to the field. So from that perspective, I love him. But my hesitation with HV3, even though he's a fan favorite, I just don't think this course fits him that well, right? He's he's a long guy. He's powerful. And I, I mean, yeah, that should help him potentially get a couple extra birdies. But I don't think his his game is suited to win this type of a tournament. And at this price range, he's going to need to get top two to be worth his price tag. So mm-hmm. um, I'll, I'll probably be uh, shying a bit away from him. I like that. Is he actually a fan favorite or do we just love him? A fan actually. favorite of our show. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> HV3. We got RG3 yeah. on. I mean, uh, we should probably be able to get H3 on, right? No offense to HV3, but... Did you um? Did you notice I tried to get Tiffany Amber Thiessen on the show from Saved by the Bell earlier today? I did. Today? I did yeah. see that. Um, Fingers I guess crossed for that response. Yeah. What's I mean, that? She, there's a reboot, so I guess she's got stuff going on. She needs media coverage, right? What are we? What a media company, friends. What are we? What a media company. You guys have to educate me. Which one is Tiffany? Ha! Uh, see, see ya. Shut up. It's not uh, me. Shut Kelly, up. Kelly Kapowski. Okay. Oh, yeah. love, love interest. Yeah. In in fairness, I think it'd be more regular to just call her Kelly Kapowski. Than t- I think more people would recognize her as Kelly Kapowski than as Tiffany. It was a mistake on my part. You're right. <laughs> I, knew both. I knew both. Or maybe um, I just thought that was her name on Saved by the Bell because I didn't actually watch Saved by the Bell. Gostowski needs to get on the show. I like that too. S guy coming through. Also, Dodgers are already losing. So three and a half yeah, looks real that. good to you. Three and a half looks real good. Don't One jinx it. So listen, a couple things. One is before I get to the nine thousand range. So I like I like Rio as well. He's like a total joke with the putter, but if his putter is even like slightly below average, he's going to be really good because he is like great ball striker. I've actually had him in a lot of lineups just over the last like month or two, and he, you know, he he kind of pays off and kind of doesn't. I mean, the putter is really bad, but again, that can be fixed. You can have a hot putter two or three days, and all of a sudden you're in the top five. So I, I like uh, Grio quite a bit. I do like the stars and scrubs idea here because I'll, I'll tell you, and I actually want Joel. Like after we go through the nine thousand range, I want Joel to start the eight thousand range because there's basically nobody I like in that range, which lends itself to me having a couple ten thousand guys or a ten thousand and nine thousand guy, and a lot of those like seventy one hundred seventy because that's where I'm living this this week for the most part like that's where three or four of the guys in my lineup are, are, are going to be because honestly those guys can win this tournament too in, in my opinion so okay so let's start the nine thousand range there's only a few guys i like um denny mccarthy i like a little bit um 9500 it's it's kind of pricey he hasn't been that great over the last he was the sixth at the I think he was sixth at the sanderson but he hasn't been that impressive lately i really like cameron tringal um, I'm just kind of a guy. I'm a, I'm, I'm a Tringali truther. 9,200 is a fair price. His ownership percentage 
isn't really that high. It's looking like it's going to be, you know, 10, 11%. And I've seen him compete on much bigger stages this, than this over the years and be really good. He is a great ball striker. He is great on approach. When he loses strokes, it's usually off the tee. And like Joel mentioned, that's not really going to be a problem here. His accuracy is fine. It's him. It's the length that's the problem with Cameron. So I like Tringal quite a bit. And honestly, other than other than him and maybe a little bit of Denny McCarthy, uh, I, I'm just kind of avoiding this range. So I'm curious what Joel has to say on the 9K and the 8K range. But again, I think uh, Tringali's in good form, and I think he's shaping up to be a great play. Tringal, triangle. Triangle. Anyway. So you got to fit obtuse and acute somewhere in there, and I think we're good to go. Ooh, smart. <laughs> Joel, um, what do you got? Talk to me about yeah. this 9K range. So I will say I'll I'll add this range included in stars and scrubs. Like these guys can stay on the stars. They're they're up there. Uh, so there's a, there are a few guys here I like. I, I like Charlie Hoffman a lot. He's been coming around. He's been playing pretty well. I like his form. Um, I think he's a you know in this in this range he's a really good golfer. You got to rethink, and it's hard to do this. It's an exercise you have to do when you're building lefts. You got to rethink, guys, because like Charlie Hoffman's a you know low seven thousand salary guy in a normal tournament that is like middle of the pack that I sometimes like as like a value play. And now I'm liking him as like one of the better golfers in the tournament. So it's just wrap your head around that for a second because of the change of, of, um, of field. But for that reason, he is one of the better golfers and his form is in play. So I love him. I also like Denny McCarthy a lot. Um, he's Denny McCarthy is one of those guys. It's like the, uh, you know, the diet version of Palmer and Domin. He gives the ability to go really low, not as extreme as them, right? They're like on the extreme of like, super low and then like blow up he's probably more middling but he is that type of a golfer and so um i think this is a course where it will play to that strain like this is a course where if we had our diamonds and palmers and young ends they would be definitely high plays here so for that reason i'm a big fan of uh mccarthy this week um i like tringal as well i think everything Sia said is spot on his form is good his, his game should fit this course um there's no reason not to play him other than just I just think for how much I like him and the price is the only thing that I'm I'm a little bit off of him. But I probably will have some shares of him in my lineups. Uh, I really like a lot Ventura and Malnati. So these are the those kind of round out my stars for this week. Uh, Ventura, had, he missed the cut the last tournament, but before that, he's been on fire. Granted, one of those tournaments was a, was a field like this where it was kind of not of the major players, but that's fine, right? It's the same field. So if, if he gets you a top 10 at this price, as long as you get the winner with him, you can win money. So I think he's a really strong play to, to fit into your lives this week. And Mel, not a guy who, to be honest with you, at this price range, my first instinct when I saw it was like, absolutely not. Like, how could, why is he even priced this high? And then I started digging into it, and his form is really good. Um, he's, he's got two top five finishes in his last um, two or three tournaments. Um, so from that perspective, you know, He's not too expensive. I mean, he is on the higher end, but someone in that good of form coming into a really weak field, I think he's definitely someone to be hard to completely avoid. And it's it's important to understand, um, you know, how to do that. And that's why we have Joel and Sia here to explain it to us. And that's how we win a bunch of money. Just one thing I wanted to point out uh, about the odds. So I have the DraftKings odds as well as the uh, DFS in front of me. Will Zalatoris has by far the best odds to win and while he is the second highest priced player, I think that's something to pay attention to. Is Alatoris eleven fifty plus eleven fifty to win? Brendan Todd is plus fourteen hundred. So I mean two fifty, nothing to shy at there. So it's definitely something to pay attention to. Uh, a couple of the guys that you were talking about 
uh, Denny McCarthy, Charlie Hoffman, Henrik Stentz, I don't think, oh, and Tringali, there we go, and Ventura, all have plus 3,500 to win, which is the sixth most. So it's something, again, you know, if you can get someone that has the same odds to win as Ventura or Trangali as someone that's higher priced, and you can save a couple hundred bucks, there's a reason why the odds are the way they are. Vegas knows us and understands. Vegas knows golf. We, we think we do. You guys think you do. Vegas really knows why the odds are the way they are. So again, if you can find a little bit of salary saving and between what Joel and Sia said, understand how to make one of those lineups and you're kind of torn between a guy, maybe that's something to pay attention to. Maybe you kind of hop down. If they have the same odds to win and you can save four or $500 in DraftKings salary, hey, doesn't sound like that big of a deal. What do you got? So I love what you're saying for that aspect of it. From the aspect of if you're looking to build your lineup and you see a guy has higher Vegas odds to win, then target him in DFS. For the other way around, I don't like it as much in terms of taking guys from DFS and betting on the win. For this field only, for the reason that um, this is the type of tournament where they're going to correlate draft prices with odds, just like I always do. But they have to just guys have to be more expensive than the others. And a lot of this is forced because they just have to build out a pool. And not all of it is actual value because some of these guys are normally like $7,000 guys. So I think their big value, if you're just betting, not playing DFS, is on some of the middle tier guys that, you know, just by chance could have been 8,800 or 9,000, but they're not because they had to build out this new pool of new field of players. And there's a much better chance that these guys win the tournament this week because they're not competing with your Thomases and Roms and Rory's. So you can get like a middle tier, better value guy to win a tournament than you normally wouldn't want to win on Augusta or something like that. I love it. And S guy is back in the chat. He loves us guys. He really does. And we appreciate you. S guy, I'd call you by name, but I don't know your name. He says Henry Higgs last week. Good play low price joel uh and we apologize to henry higgs for making fun of that fat slob no i'm sorry <laughs> i'm kidding henry higgs come on the show all right henry talk- higgs. <laughs> whatever it doesn't matter um <laughs> he should lose some weight uh joel talk to me about the 8k range a little bit <laughs> first of all i wanted to say henry you're doing great your golf you're much better at golf than my slow lazy bum so if you want yeah. to come on the show and make fun of us, you're welcome. You're so, making way more that money being than said, me, but I can promise yeah, you that. Seriously. You know, it's funny. My mother-in-law texted me this week, and she was like, did you see the prize pool for this golf tournament is $9 million? And so I had to tell her, yes, unfortunately, I'm much better at picking winners than I am at actually becoming a winner myself. So, unfortunately, I'm not eligible for any of that oh, $9 no. million. <laughs> um, anyway, oh, no. back to the, 8, the 8K prize range. Um, price range. So, yeah, I'm with I'm with Stia here. I'm not going to have too many guys in this range. Um, for a few lineups where I'm getting different and I want to put um, some guys in, guys I like are Norlander. So, um, as you, everyone who listens regularly knows, Norlander was someone we were super high on in the summer. Loved him. Was, like, super, like, got to play him every week. He fell off. He missed a few cuts. He wasn't in the same form. Uh, then his ownership percentage correlated. People stopped playing him. I think he's starting to loop the corner again where he's playing well. I think he's a, a, a better golfer. You know, for this field, he, he's a strong golfer. Um, so he, he might be like that last piece in my stars where, where I include him. But other than him in this price range, a couple guys I'll mention. Um, Hodgeguard is not someone I'm going to be playing. If you want to know who he is, he's awesome on the European tour. He's like a le- he's like one of the best golfers on the European tour. He never does anything in uh, the U.S., so this is not in the U.S. So maybe it's you know it's in Bermuda, so maybe it, that point. will correlate. But 
Um, with these golfers on the PGA Tour, he typically hasn't had too much success. And at this price range, I'm probably not going to take too many chances at him. Um, I know this is – I don't want to steal C.S. Thunder. He said he's not playing anyone in this range. But uh, this is C.S. boy in, in Justin Sue, who, as everyone knows, is related to Indomitian Sue, his yes. younger brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I his cousin. I think his younger cousin. Oh, cousin, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Second cousin, um, father's side. He's also known to, um, if things aren't going his way, just like his cousin, he will just swing a club at someone's head and attack them because they're very reckless. But <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, I actually think he, he could be a good play. If you're looking to play guys in this range, if you want to have a more balanced approach, um, he would be a good guy to target here. His form is there. Um, but again, from the style I want to play, I like, I prefer just calling him scrub, so I might be playing him, but he would be a good play if you wanted to be more balanced. For information-wise, Aaron-wise, did really well here last year um aaron wise is also one of those guys that's like he's either going to miss the cut and kill you uh, i think aaron wise was tied for third last year for for um for context he's one of those guys that's either going to miss the cut and kill you or he usually does really well so it's like if you're going to play him he, he's good enough to win you money in the tournament but there's also gonna be a lot of chances where he just misses the cut and ruins your lineup so definitely don't have high exposure to him but if you want to throw him into a few lineups um i, I think that's a fair play for gpp other than that, I'm probably going to be pretty low in this range. The last guy here that I'll probably just mention is Pat Perez. Um, I just the only reason I'm even mentioning him and I like him is because I probably think he could have been another thousand dollars more expensive. So I can see there's a value here on targeting a guy like Perez, and he's almost that example where he's the type of guy that you probably want to bet in gambling more so than playing DFS because I just think you know he was just. They had to make a range, and he just got stuck there. But he could have been 9,500, and probably would have correlated his odds to win as well. I love it. I love it. And the AK range, uh, again, just to, and this, just want to reiterate just how much, Joey, as you were saying before, they kind of just have to make the prices. So you might want to pay attention to the odds. I think that's exactly what you were saying before. We have Charlie Hoffman, who in this tournament is 9,700 at 3,500 to win. And we have Aaron Wise, who is 8,600, and Justin Sue, who is 8,700. And Henrik Norlander, who's 8,900, all of them are 3,500 to win. So again, if you are kind of torn, if you are just kind of, hey, I don't know who to play here. I like multiple of these guys and you're looking to save a little bit of salary. It's not going to work every time, of course. It's just something to notice because the Vegas odds are, you know, sorry, everybody, but Vegas odds are way more important than DFS. I can promise you that there's so, 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 so much more money over there. So they care about that a lot more. So it's just something to pay attention to, because again, if you can get Guys with the exact same odds. And again, Charlie Hoffman, 9,700. Aaron Wise, 86. You can literally save $1,100 in DraftKings salary. Now, again, that doesn't mean it works every time, but it's just something to pay attention to. What do you got, Joel? One other thing with that to look at it that I like to look at is when you're building your lights, if you want to take note of that, take a look at where the, the odds, like the Vegas odds, have changed from when it opened to when it's closer to Thursday. So if guys are, uh, if their odds are lowering, that means there's a lot of money coming in on them. So there's sharps out there who are betting on them. There's a reason for it. Uh, those are the guys to target. I like the odds change a lot. So if I see a guy's odds going down a lot, somebody knows something, let's go get him. It's usually Sia. He's the one breaking the news <laughs> for the last month. And surprisingly, none of the news has been right. But um, Sia, do you want to I was yourself? To that point, I think uh, I think so probably, Justin So probably opened at higher odds. He probably got bet down in the last couple of days mm-hmm. is my guess. So, yeah, that's a really good point. If the Sharps are on somebody, like that's really, really good information. Mm-hmm. 
particularly for tiebreaker purposes, but also just to like figure out a way to put them in your lineup. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. listen, the 8K range, not like the, the Hoygaard 8,800, you know, he's going to be low owned and he plays over on the European tour. So at a wind driven course, if you will, like it might make sense to throw in a couple Euro guys in there because they're going to have the experience with the wind gusts more so than some of the um, American or Canadian players. So I think he's an interesting play. I'm not really going to be on him too much. I think Sa is interesting. But one thing to know about Justin Sa, other than that, he's the second cousin of Indomitian Sue. That's it is his ownership percentage is going to be really high. Like it's tracking already at like 20%. So this is kind of one of those, like, this is definitely like a very chalky play, particularly in this, you know, 8k range. So just keep that in mind. If you're playing him, it's not a sneaky play just because you haven't heard of him or you've only seen him in a couple tournaments, which he's done well in. Uh, this is not a sneaky play by any means. Um, maybe more of a cash play than a GPP play. Anyway, the other guy to mention, I do like Pat Perez. He's great on approach, so that's what you need to be here. He's also he also happens to be a great putter. So I mean, if there were like two metrics to like, you know, extract from a player and be like, oh, that's applicable here on this course, Pat Perez, you know. The, the putting and the approach actually fits here. I want to mention Adam Shank because he's just like a classic cut maker. I, I don't know how many cuts he's made in a row, but I think it's like like nine or ten at this point. The problem is he's more of a safe play than an upside play. Maybe in this field he has more upside, but his you know his Saturdays and Sundays just aren't that impressive. So it's one of those things like, yeah, I mean, do you, do you want to play the safe play? Because nobody really in GPPs wants to play the safe play. So that's just more of a strategic, like strategic thing. You know, a lot of people would just want to get guys to make the cut. But if he's not finishing top 20 ever, then you have a problem. Like the last, let's see, let's just handful of tournaments, 27, 32nd, 56, 61st, 39th, 51st, 12th. So at the Barracuda, which was a, a field kind of like this, he finished 12th. So that's like the 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 max of his upside other than that there's really not much for me to mention in the 8k range i'm, I'm not going to be on this range much yeah adam shank at least the last 10 cuts job kings doesn't go any further so i cannot tell you um sia do you want to kick off the 7k range because i know you're gonna have to play a couple guys in this range and mr vegas is there too let's get it <laughs> yeah he's he's in really terrible form i'm curious to see what joel has to say about him because i know i know he's a fan i was a fan of him you know a little while ago but it's and by the way, Vegas is also really good off the tee, and that's not really going to like be great here in terms of length off the tee. So, okay, let's start with Stuart Sink. This is a guy that I sort of always have. I always think is mispriced. I still think he's mispriced at 7,900. I actually think he should be in like the 8,500, 8,400 range. So this is a classic sort of value play. He won somewhat recently at the Safeway Open. Pretty impressive. At the Samson, he was 12th. So his game is in form. His game fits this course. He's not a long hitter by any means. He's great on approach. Like, what more could you ask for from somebody that's less than 8K? Wesley Bryan's another guy. Like, he's super shaky off the tee, but he's sort of gotten that part of his game together. And again, that's not as important here. His approach game is also really good. So he's he's another guy that he's trending to be pretty popular in this range. It looks like he might exceed 15%, whereas just so you know, Stuart Sink is in the the 9 to 10% range. Again, Stephen will have the final ownership projections on windailysports.com tomorrow around five, six o'clock. But yeah, so, you know, don't worry about ownership too much here because, you know, we have a full field and, you know, we can we can take some lower end guys as we get to the lower tiers. But just that's an FYI. Wesley Bryan looks to be, frankly, more popular than I thought he would be. As we go down the list, I, it's interesting that Rafael Cabrera Bayo is here because he used to be a really good golfer. And I'm sure he's looking around in this field being like, what the hell? Like, what am I even doing here? Because there's not a lot of good golfers here, if you hadn't noticed. They're all kind of prepping for the Masters. So his game, I mean, I looked just at, you know, earlier, I looked at 
just his last handful of tournaments and it's bad like it's really bad so in the, it's reflected in his ownership percentage it's like three percent but i will have him in a lineup or two because i i the pedigree is there and we're in a new season quote unquote and maybe he's kind of turned it around so a guy with that pedigree um, who's normally good on approach I, I i might have a share too russell knox i like his game has started to rebound from basically like a three-year stretch of pretty much terrible i wrote him up in the article he's definitely volatile definitely hit or miss but he seems to have found some of his old form and again he's a classic guy who's not long off the tee great on approach decent enough putter so let's see now we're going down to the low 7k range I'll just name a few guys that I like because there are there are a handful of guys that I like down here in that 7,100 range. Specifically, Doug Gim, who I wrote up in my article, again, windailysports.com, and uh, Kyle Stanley. Kyle Stanley has been super volatile. Doug Gim has actually been really good. And honestly, like he's kind of boring. He's got the boring name. I, I think boring is what you want to be dialed into here. Pat Perez is boring. Uh, Doug Gim is boring. Kyle Stanley is boring. Like boring is boring for a reason not just because their name sounds boring but because their game's kind of boring they're just not really they're not a masher like bryson they just kind of like hit it straight which is all you need to do here and then their approach shot from 125 or 150 you know they hit that straight too and they get within 15 feet and they drill some putts here and there so i like both of those guys quite a bit but that that pretty much rounds out the 7k range i'm, I'm probably going to be pretty big on on gim not so much stanley i'll have a few of him but then in that upper tier sink wesley Bryan, and uh a little bit of Bayo and Knox. I love it. So I have a question for you. You said you don't like Adam Shank because he is safe, but then you say you like all these other guys because they're boring. What's the difference between boring and safe? Well, finishing position is the difference because Sink just took down the safe way. Like, like some of these guys are like, if I look at Gim's finishing positions, like these guys are finishing. Obviously, you want to do better, but like you're, I'm curious what your definition of boring is versus safe. Cause to me, it's pretty much like the same thing when it comes to something like this. It's ho hum, just kind of chug along and do your thing and, you know, kind of, you know, figure out where you are. Like, obviously, again, we want someone to finish better, but I'm curious what your definition is. Yeah. So safe is he's going to make the cut. So I potentially ha- I have a greater chance of a six for six, but mm-hmm. that doesn't do you a lot of good when on Saturday and Sunday, they start to fall to like 35th. Mm-hmm. Like that's not really going to win you any Jeep G- or get you in the top, you know, 50 or 30 of any GPPs. Mm-hmm. So boring is not safe. Boring is just, Hey, you know, these are guys that don't ever get anybody's attention, but there are courses on the PGA tour that they can actually succeed in. They don't get anybody's attention because they're not long off the tee. They're not dynamic. They don't they don't hit great, okay. you know, fades into mm-hmm. the green or whatever. But like this is a resort course. You can be boring and very successful. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. the difference between just being safe, like making the cut, but like just kind of lingering there and you know not doing anything after that. I appreciate the explanation. Joel, what do you got for the seven K range? You're gonna be living here a lot, especially towards the bottom. Yeah, for sure. I think one I'll add to, to that point that Sam made. Another thing I use to correlate boring and, and that difference is guys that are boring are also usually lower owned. They're not exciting. People don't want to go after them. So you go after a boring guy that's just kind of like people getting overlooked and then you're getting that lower owners, which is like a GPP leverage play. So I think you can correlate that into that mix as well. Um, so, yeah, you're right. This range is something I, I'm definitely targeting because it's how I'm going to be rounding out my lineups. Um I think from uh, mid sevens down, like I said, the take away what you normally do with pricing and a tournament from an, um, other like masters and with the full fields. Do not compare that to here. 
because these guys in the mid sevens and high sevens are guys that are in the mid sixes normally. So they're just taking these guys in the sixes, leaving some of them leaving there, moving some of them up. So there's not a big difference between a lot of these guys. So if you, like I said, when you're doing stars and scrubs, you can just fit in. If you just find the guys you like in the 600, fit in your top guys and then make it, make it work from there. So with all that being said, I'm, there, I'm just going to kind of list through the guys to target here. Um, Patrick Rogers is a guy here who I don't necessarily love. The course should fit him, but I, I think it's just a value. He easily could have been in the high eights. Uh, getting him in the high sevens is just a good value range for his talent of golfer that he is. So I'll target him for that reason. I'm, I'm fully with Sia on sync. Um, I think he's a little bit underpriced here as well. Um, especially his current form. I'm actually surprised he's not in, a, in the high eight. So for that reason, I love him as a value this week. Scott Stallings, someone to keep your eye on. Um, he's one of those guys that like, he's a boomer bust. He'll miss the cut. But when he makes like he has a lot of top five finishes. If you guys remember right when the restart started, he has two top tens. Then he recently within the last month has a third. Um, and he does well in these like weird fields where not all the big guys are there. He just tends to show up for those. So, this could be a good spot to get different. I'd like to see what his ownership percentage comes to closer to Thursday, but um, as long as he's staying below 15%, anything below 10, I really like him this week. Um, so funny enough, Wesley Bryan is a guy who I know his ownership is going to be really high because it always is whenever I like to play him and I like to play him this week. And so his ownership will be high. So I'm probably going to come down off of him a little bit more. Then I, I have him now based on what the ownership, the ownership number ends up looking like at the end of the week. But I, I think he's undervalued here. I think he's, it's a good spot for him. This course should fit his game really well. And I think he's probably better than the price tag is giving him. So I think this could be a really good spot for Wesley. Um, I think Sia was spot on with Rafa. Uh, Rafa is kind of like, hey, yeah, he should be embarrassed. What are you doing, bro? You used to be really good at golf. And now you're in this pool poor poor field and you're not even getting looked at for plays like he's slipping so you know if you want to play him he's a guy that like has the form like like we were talking about weeks ago with like Leishman it was like he's in terrible form but like he's just a better golfer than he's getting credit for so he is a good golfer he has a reputation he just hasn't shown it recently so if you want to get different with a small percentage of light ends, I'm fine but definitely don't put too many too much exposure to him um I'm not on uh, Vegas this week. Uh, yeah, right. I do normally like him, but I don't think this is a course that really suits his game. Uh, he's typically a guy that takes advantage of being able to hit it long, and that shouldn't make a big difference here. So, uh, I'm, And his form has just not been good, so I'm, I'm not going to be targeting him too much. Um, I do like Sepp Straka. Sepp Straka is a guy I, I normally do target. Um, I was actually afraid this week that he would probably be a higher salary, but he wasn't. I mean, this is probably what he should be. Actually, maybe he could be a little higher, so – I think you're getting him in an affordable range. You know, his form is fine. I wouldn't say he's in great form, but I definitely wouldn't say he's in poor form. Um, and, and he's a guy that I think you can just get a good value kind of building out your lineups in this range. Um, some final guys to mention, Brian Stewart. He, he hasn't been great in the last couple outings, but he has a, a, a win and a third place in a field like this. So, But that's fine. This is what the field is um, about a little over a month ago. So he can definitely show up, and this course should fit him well. Uh, I apologize. I'm definitely going to. I'm definitely going to uh, butcher this guy's name, Lahiri. Uh, I think he's a good play this week. Uh, he's interesting. I want to see what his ownership percentage will be. Um, I think it should be low, and the lower it is, the more I like him. Um, he's one of those plays that I think he's that that sneaky upside where he can be top ten. Um, it, it is a boomer bust GPP play, but 
if you're getting him at a low below five percent ownership, I think he could be a nice uh, way to be different, especially in this range. Um, the last few guys I'll just kind of mention in this range that, that I want to just kind of look at are Merritt, Homa, McCumber, Garrett, and um, Headley. Oh, and, and Rob Oppenheim as well, because Oppenheim we've mentioned a few times in the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks. He's getting closer to that bottom salary. Um, he is a little bit hit or miss, but I think the one thing I really like about Oppenheim, I, these fields are good for him because he's the kind that kind of gets tends to get lost when the stars start feeling their juice and it, I don't even look at him as a guy that collapses. He just doesn't like pick up his game. So when you don't have to worry about Rom and Justin Thomas coming up from behind you, I think he could he can compete, and I think he'll do really well this week. I love it. And there's obviously a lot of players to go over. This isn't one of these 78-player fields, so we have a couple of extra people there. So if you want to ask us some questions, windailysports.com backslash chat. You get seven free days in the expert chat. You get to hang out with us, ask us questions, talk to see us, sweat with us, get all the articles. It's an absolute blast. Seven free days, expert chat, windailysports.com backslash chat. You can ask Joel about those kind of three or four dudes that he was just like, hey, check them out. Max Homa. We always give the guy love. Sometimes we do, actually. Sometimes we don't. So it's just something. If you didn't bring him up, Joel, believe me, I was going to. Um, <laughs> Sia, uh, anything else there? Or are we ready to move on to uh, the, the Sia secret weapon? Um, no. So one thing I forgot to mention, he was featured in my article and Joel just reminded me of him. I do like Rob Oppenheim quite a bit. Uh, he's, you know, he's just a perfect course fit here. Not great off the tee, great approach game. So I like him quite a bit. Love it. Love it. Love it. And also, yes, as Joel and Sia have already said, Joel is playing this much like a stars and scrubs. He doesn't want your number. No, he doesn't want to give you my no. <laughs> doesn't want to meet you nowhere, no. He doesn't want none of your time. So a lot of stars and scrubs over there. See, it sounds like you're not quite going as heavy as Joel is going to in that range. So I think that part's pretty important. But yes, let us move on to this 6K range, of course. Oh, um, Joe, we found out. S guy's name is Joe. He wants to know if, jo- uh, Joel, you crushed uh, college football again and just forgot to tell us about it. Also, how was your birthday? Forgot about that. Shit. We're only 45 oh, minutes guys, into this thing. How was your birthday? My birthday was great. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, not much to do in a quarantined birthday year. So, uh, it was fu- you want to hear a funny story about my birthday? You have an extra minute. All right. So, I mean, I'm just yeah, watching the go. game. I don't have, really have anything going on right now. But my, my birthday <laughs> wish was to get a filet mignon steak and a lobster. And as you can imagine, a lobster. Okay. So, in fairness, actually, it was just to get the lobster. All I wanted was a lobster. But getting a lobster in northern Jersey in the middle of a pandemic is harder than you would think. The restaurants just didn't have it. So, and we weren't going far because it was not that nice out and we have to eat outside. So, uh, we found a steakhouse in Hoboken that would do a, like a, you know, a surf and turf, a steak and a lobster deal. So great. So then I had like my, my wife, like my mother in law was watching me, all that stuff. So we ordered like a whole bunch of sides just to have like sides everyone have meat. So we had this big feast, great, really excited birthday dinner. Right at the last second, my other, my real, my day job, surprises me and they they i love popeyes i joke about it a lot popeyes is delicious I and love so they've popeyes. sent me a feast of popeyes and i'm talking about buckets of chicken french fries so now at the same time i have steak lobster all the sides you can imagine popeyes chicken <laughs> biscuits fries i'm sitting with and there's only like three of us there to eat and i'm like all right well you guys are about to see something real special <laughs> and no. so i ate myself sick uh it was fantastic <laughs> and then i continued to eat the same food for three more days throughout the mm-hmm. weekend because i was all sitting left over but um yeah it was the true feast that is awesome shout out to your uh real job slash day job however you want to <laughs> say um, i love yes. popeyes too 
but I will never order anything but that spicy chicken sandwich ever again from Popeye's. So they kind of, they did, they did, they did me good there. Uh, <laughs> but I really hope you ate the steak and the lobster before the Popeye's, correct? So I, I was trying to be good. That was the the goal. Like, and that's like what I should I teach my son, what you eat the good food first and then you can have cookies. But the Popeyes showed up first, and what am I going to smell Popeyes oh, and okay. not eat yeah. it? Waiting yeah. for that, that was no trend. So yeah, nothing you can do about that. Yeah, nothing I can do. <laughs> Oof. Well. Oh, and then yeah, did you crush college football again? So I didn't have a great week this week, unfortunately. No, I did not okay. crush though. Well, Sorry for the bad news. It's okay. I mean, I'm, I would have been more angry if you crushed and didn't send me screenshots. I think so. I'm actually <laughs> happier about it, but whatever. Um, See, so yeah, I'm back to you now. We're over Joel and his birthday. It's over. We don't need that anymore. Uh, we have we're in the six K range. So C is going to go over a couple plays. Joel's probably going to go over a couple more because again, he's going very high. Again, stars and scrubs. Don't want your number, no. Um, but Sia every week has his. Secret weapon. See a secret weapon. It's got a little alliteration. Might trademark it soon. Actually, you're a lawyer, Sia. Can you trademark that for me, please? Patent it, I think. Um, I don't actually know what the correct terminology uh, is. Uh, yeah, I can look at it. secret weapon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Sia's secret weapon, TM. And this is a player that's under 6K, under 5% owned, that essentially every single week maybe not crushes it, but makes the cut. I think we've missed one cut so far this entire year, and we've been doing this since the restart. Two. Uh, last couple of weeks, two? two? Mm, that's unfortunate. Uh, the last Two out of weeks, like 18, I think. Yeah, exactly. It, it hits at a very, very high clip. Um, and sometimes they actually do really well, too, and I think that part is pretty important. But usually, most of the time, at least make the cut. So, Sia, his secret weapon will be available in Discord Wednesday night. Again, windailysports.com backslash chat. If you're wondering how you get there, windailysports.com backslash chat. You can get into the secret weapon. You can get the secret weapon Wednesday night for free for seven days. So you get this secret weapon if you sign up tomorrow, and then you get next secret weapon. So I kind of spoiled the fun for you. But see ya. Talk to me about the 6K range. Everybody but the guy you love. The most. So, by the way, just to answer a couple questions. So Scott Stallings, it looks like he's going to be right around 10%. Um, So that's a... Pretty safe range, but it's high for that range, but it's not super high. It's not like Wesley Bryan high. And uh, Lahiri looking like 5%-ish, if not less, more like 4%. So just kind of an FYI there. Um, so, yeah, the 6K range. I don't like a ton of guys here. Again, I'll probably be living really high and in that 7,100 to 7,800 range. But I do like Hammer and Hank Lebiota, who, by the way, had a really good finish here last year. I think he was third here, tied for third here last year. Um Game's been pretty good lately. I mean, I, I think at 6,800, he's been a he, he's a good play. And it's reflected in his ownership percentage because it's around 7%, which in this range is relatively high. So um, I like Lebiota. I like Ryan Armour, Armour, as um, mm, yes. Draftmaster Flex wow. likes to say. <laughs> so this is a guy that, you know, is perfect for this course. He's, he's a short hitter. He's typically good on approach. And he flashed some real upside right after the restart. So it's kind of been quite a gap between then and now in terms of him being any good but if there were a course for him to shine it would definitely be this one and so at 6600 i think it's a worthy gamble a couple other guys i like but don't love von taylor um i'm not sure i think it's gillick uh but michael gillick at 6500 uh, i like him quite a bit and as i'm kind of going through the range i don't really like anybody under 6500 but again i'm not going to have many shares of 6k guys period i'll have a, a little bit of lebiota because i think that's worth it and less of uh, ryan armor but again I, i'm going to probably be not like not going below 7000 like the rob oppenheim range i love it 
but also then the secret weapon when backslash chat seven free days in the expert chat you get the secret weapon and it wins mm-hmm. it always does uh joel how about you 6k range anybody uh anyone else to note yeah so before i dive into this range the one thing i want to note is that it's hard like the data i want to give you guys when i mention guys like in the 6k range especially is behind like their recent form how they're finishing it's hard to do that here because you're comparing a field of guys that just isn't isn't comparable. So I'm going to be mentioning guys that maybe form doesn't look good. But like if I saw that they maybe shot a 66 one of the days last week or the last two tournaments, then you know that score will probably translate way better here than it would have in the tournament they played in. So that's how I'm doing it to kind of select some of these guys is who has gone really low recently, even if it's just one day because that just shows their form is good enough to do it. And I just need to hope they can put it together more consistently. So – the data as to why I pick these guys isn't as black and white as it normally is with like, hey, this was their finish and this is why I like them. But I'm going to just kind of list through um, who I'm picking in this range. And I'll just kind of go through a list because, um, like I said, my strategy is taking those five to six guys at the top that I really like and then building as many lineups with mixing those two or three guys at the top and two or three guys down here. And then, you know, that will be my formula to winning $100,000 this weekend on DraftKings. So – uh, how we're going to do that are the guys we're going to be tailor- t- targeting um, in this range. First, Scott Harrington at 6,900. Now, this is still the top of the of the um, of this field of this range, so he's still kind of on the more expensive end. But this is more of a value play. He's uh, he's probably better than than being in the 6,000s in this field. So I think he's a guy that we definitely want to target. He's a guy that like I like to target as a 6,000 dollar guy in tournaments when it's a regular field. So he's definitely a good guy to kind of target here. Um, Hudson Swafford, um, if you guys remember, he came through big in the tournament uh, within the last month and, and, and played well. So if he can find any of that for him at this price range, we don't need him to win. If he can get us in the top 15, we're going to cash our, some money here. Um, uh, of note, uh, Hudson got first at the last resort, the Corrales Putacana Resort and Club Championship. So maybe it'll work again. And there is something to like a lot of the correlation is like to People correlate those like resort courses. They're mm-hmm. a similar type of play. So from that angle, yeah, I think yeah. he's he can definitely like play in, in this type of range. And it's going to be low scoring, so he, he should uh, be really low and and be a nice target in the in this low range. Uh, this one I know uh, Michael's going to like. Uh, <laughs> so a guy down here that I really like is Kramer Highcock. Um, mm. <laughs> Why? So no, it, actually- it's I like Taylor Gooch and um, the other guy. Yeah, but I figured he's like in the same family, so you would you would uh-huh. throw him in as well. Cousin, dad's side, exactly. He's a guy. So the reason I'm targeting him, he's a guy that like I've been on in showdown. Um, he's a hard in a re- regular field. He's hard to target for week long, but in showdown, he'll he'll have days where he's ball striking is elite, and he's one of the best ball strikers in the field. So the next day, I'll try to target him for uh, for the next round. I've done that a few times recently, and now I'm just thinking. In this smaller field, he elevates him to uh, being, you know, a little bit better golfer. I think he could be someone sneaky to target here. Um, wh- someone that I'm going to recommend people stay away from. So I have this rule with all DFS and fantasy sports. There's always guys that the experts, people who write about it, are always on. Like this should be a top, a first round pick. The prime example of this is if you guys remember the old Jets running back Sean Green. Sean Green was always a first round pick, and he always stinks. And every year it's like, you guys should draft him in the first round. And every year he stinks. And I'm like, why do people still draft him? He's not good. You watch him play. He's not good. But yet, because they expect him to get 200 carries, it's like, oh, he's got to be a first round pick. So 
my I call it my like between me and my friends, my Sean Green rule. Like, don't play him because everyone else isn't playing me stink. Oh no. Is um oh no Will Gordon. Will's gonna be high high um everyone, everyone always says oh Will Gordon's a sneaky play this week, you should approach Will Gordon. And you know what? Will Gordon stinks. Um, so do not play Will Gordon. Um, he's not any good. And people keep telling you that he's going to be good and you should target him. One time when he was like 18, he was good and he was a prospect. So people have people like expecting that to come true to fruition and he's going to be this good golfer. Until he shows us that he can actually consistently put together good rounds, I would not waste your money betting on Will Gordon. So avoid him. And his ownership level will probably be like for this range higher than it should be. So um, I do not like him. Um I like Fabian Gomez. So Fabian Gomez is one of those guys that's normally hit or miss. He has a tied for third in the last two months, which I think it was the Barracuda, which is another like similar type of style tournament. So he can compete in the field like this. He also has a lot of missed cuts, so he is hit or miss, but that's what you're getting in the 6K range. So um, just try and find those guys that can give you the capability of getting in the top five, and he is one of them. Uh, and then just because I don't want to take up too much more time, I'm just going to kind of just uh, list off some of the guys down here that, that, I'm, that I like. Um, so Bergoon, I do like, um, Chris Baker, I think is someone that could be interesting to target Robert Streb, Brem, definitely like G he's one of my favorite plays in the 6,500 range. Trey hands a good play down here. Bill Haas is someone that you should target Tim Wilkinson. And I think this is the last two guys want to see his boy. I know I see it really likes Aaron Baddeley. Uh, this is another good spot to target him. Um, in, in a weak field. And uh, the last guy is Brian Gray. Brian Gray did really well on this – Brian Gay, I'm sorry, did really well on this course um, last year. Uh, so he has a good course history. His form is bad, so you can't really go off that. Um, but you can find a guy who um, you know did well here before. And you know for this range, he's like one of the, the golfers in the 6,000s that can like stand out. So – Opposed to some of these other guys who we don't know anything about and never really do well, he's one guy that can pop. So if you're going to build some GPPs, you can fit him in there. I love it. I love it. I love it. One other guy I forgot to mention in the 6K range is Chase Seifert. I like him, like not enough to have a ton of shares, but I'll have him in in one or two lineups for sure because I've seen him just in the last few months get really hot a a round or two. And so at a a resort course, um, it's somebody I want to have some investment in. Yeah, I'm actually, uh, there is one guy that I'm really on. Uh, Will Gordon. I think that dude's going to crush it this time. <laughs> um, also, I just want to mention and just uh, note that we are about 54 minutes into this thing. And we are just getting into the bottom of the second inning of baseball. So I love baseball, but I completely understand why everybody else on planet Earth doesn't want anything to do with this shit anymore. I'm going to keep watching it. I'm bringing, I'm going to be up till 12 o'clock tonight, but my God, like let's speed this shit up guys. Like it's even too boring for me to stop paying attention to Joel and watch. I keep coming back over here to pay attention to him. Um, So that is our DFS breakdown of the Bermuda championship. Uh, but we got a little extra, we got a little more to go, don't we, gentlemen? We got a little more to go. We have some outrights, and I don't even like, why are we even calling them outrights anymore? We have some long shots. There we go. Let's just yes. be upfront and honest <laughs> with ourselves. We have some long shots that we like. I think we hit on like okay. two so far, and <laughs> we love, we keep doing it. Uh, haven't hit since like DJ at 90 to one, which was pretty sweet. Uh, we had HV3, I think at 70 or 80 to one. But please remind me, gentlemen, I actually don't think we've hit any other of these, but they are fun to put a dollar on. I do it every other time. 
Tiger Woods did not astral. Tiger Woods did no, not. Wait a minute. You're telling me we had an 80 to one and a 90 to one. So that means oh. we have 170 more tries before we have to hit another one. So we're fine. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I there we go. I no, that, that's like an spin. actual, that's an actual thing though. Like, like you, if, if you hit three outrights in a year, you are way over, you know, the, the unit measurement because mm. it's just, it's, it's impossible it's to hit. So hitting two it's or three is a winning dollar. season for sure. Okay. Well, I like that. Well, gentlemen, well, I guess it's a new season technically, right? So I think we're, we're, you know, we're, we're over right now for the 2021, uh, 2020, 2021 season. So we have a little while to go, but I'm excited and I'm excited to run it back. So Tiger Woods didn't hit the one time we put a substantial amount of money on him, I think, and that didn't work out. Um, but you know, we like to speak things into existence here. So Sia, let's start with you. Who are some of our long shots for the Bermuda championship? By the way, for those of you that actually do bet and take long shots, please keep in mind that you can bet throughout the the course of the tournament. So if one of your long shots is actually in contention on like Saturday night, you know, going into Sunday, you can go ahead and hedge that bet. Like if you took a guy that's 90 to one and you put like 20 bucks on it, like you got a lot of money coming to you. So if he's somewhere in the mix in the top five, let's say, or the top four, go ahead and put a little bit of money on the other three guys. And like, you, you know, you're coming out with a win, but that your 90 to one shot is still you know, going to give you like a ridiculous amount of money. So it's just something to keep in mind. It's, it's kind of fun to do that and track your bet over four days, just like it is in DFS. So, okay. So my outrights, I only have four to give you. Um, Cameron Tringal, Tringali, mm-hmm. um, Wesley Bryan at 50 to one. Oh, Tringal is 35 to one. You had already mm-hmm. said that earlier in the show. <laughs> um, Doug Gim at 80 to one and Kyle Stanley at 90 to one. I like that. There's there you have it. Just one. four. What was it? What, what were we? Re- yeah, it was 90 to ones that we were hitting, right? It was like our special number. 80. 80 was our special 80, number. 80. Okay. 80 mm-hmm. to one. All right. Uh, Joel, who do you have for some long shots? Yeah. So I'm going to just put a few out there as well. So um, I'm with it's a couple interesting ones. Um, I like Jason Duffner at 770 to one, as long as well as uh, Lahiri at 71 to be a little bit interesting. I love Oppenheim. You're getting eight, 85 to one there. Um, and then my big long shots that, that we're going to look at are uh, my favorite play by far for sure is Will Gorton. I'm just <laughs> I was just about to say it. You beat me to it. I was just going to say it. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, I'm with, um, I like, I'm going to butcher his name. Is it Gilek? 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 I think that's right. Gilek. All three of them. They're all correct. Don't worry. You're good. <laughs> For context, it's spelled G-L-I-G-I-C. That's the guy that we like. Um, you're getting um, uh, plus 12, 12. What is that? 125 to 125, yeah. So, yeah. So I, I like him at your long shot. And the last long shot down here that um, I like, I, just, I can't find him. Like, where, where is his odds? Okay. There's someone else that I like that I can't find. So I'm going to have to put a hold on it and get back to you. Okay. I, I appreciate your honesty and I'm sure you'll find him. And he's really far down there though. See ya. Here's the juicy part. Who do we have and who are you breaking news on this week for our first round leader? You know what? So there's, there's one guy that Joel just mentioned that is very prone to having a very good round here and there and who hasn't been that bad lately. So as I'm stalling to find where the hell this guy is on the first round lead. Oh, there he is. Okay, so I'm going to include him right now. In fact, that might be the breaking news. No, Genius. 
Yes, it is the breaking oh news. God. Wow, this is crazy. This is breaking wow. right now. This just happened. What? Give me, give me time. What do we got? I got 901 wow. Tuesday, Eastern October 27th. Yeah, right. Yeah, obviously. Okay. Does anybody else count anything else? Like, come on. No, sorry, Nick. Um, okay, so listen, let me give you the let me give you kind of like the subprime first round leader plays, and then I'll break the news of the guy who's actually gonna take it down. So Doc Redmond at 35 to 1, Cameron Tringali, 50 to 1. Let's see. Scott Stallings at 50 to 1. Hammer and Hank Lebiota at 80 to 1. And also at 80 to 1. This is breaking news. I mean, honestly, I shouldn't even be talking about it. I should, you know, I should also mention Doug Gim for a first round leader. And uh, S guy just actually reminded me, did I not see him? Okay. So Doug Gim's another one. So mm-hmm. put money on Doug Gim as first round leader. I just want to make that okay. clear. But the guy who's actually going to win it, believe it or not, at 80 to 1 is Jason Duffner. Wow. I- I'm, wow. I'm as surprised as you guys. I'm not Jason gonna lie to you. Duffner coming out Jason of the Duffner. woodwork. Shout out that guy. Good for him. I love it. Wow. Great job, Jay. Great job. It's really Man. good work. Really good Thursday. Real solid Thursday. Yeah, clearly. He, I mean, he, he did what he needed to do. He came out, he took charge, wasn't mm-hmm. even a tie, just an outright, just outright first round leader. Outright. I didn't see it coming, but clearly mm-hmm. somebody here did. It, it was, was him and Doug Gim. And then on the yeah. 18th, mm-hmm. I think we all know what happened. Yeah, I mean, we were all there, so it was it was impressive. But I'm glad I'm glad we all got to watch it. Sincerely glad we all got to watch it. The weather looked beautiful there too, by the way. Um, all right, what about you, Joel? Do you have any uh, first round leaders? Not that it matters. We already know who won the first round leader. So I'm just kind of curious if you're going to waste anybody's money. Yeah, I am. I have a, a great way <laughs> to waste your money, <laughs> and it's at 350 to one. The drink doesn't get your juices flowing. I don't know what will. I'm in. Uh, I'm in. I'm in. And I will, I will preface this with that this pick has absolutely nothing to do with his golf play and 100% to do with the fact that he has an awesome name, and that's Fred Funk. So if you're not <laughs> getting behind Fred Funk at 350 to 1 to be your first-round leader, I don't know what you're doing. Right? There's no logical reason why you wouldn't waste your money on him, who no one's ever heard of or knows if he's any good at golf, but his name's Fred Funk. Sounds like he'd be a WWE wrestler, and that counts for something. How about this? On DraftKings, where are you looking right now? It's on DraftKings. He's literally going to go all the way to the bottom, and then it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven up from the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is 1,250 to one. That's to win the tournament, I think. I'm looking at first round leader. Uh, To win the tournament. Well, um, now that I see this number, I'm absolutely putting a dollar on that. That's not even a question. <laughs> and That's then if you're even in it on Sunday and you're going to be doing your Fred Funk dance all day, worth the dollar. Dollar yeah, paid me. for regardless. I'm, I'm going to be listening to Parliament Funkadelic all day. So yeah, <laughs> Parliament Funkadelic all day. I shook Bernie Worrell's hand once. That was kind of cool. He was old. RIP Bernie Worrell. Uh, anybody else? <laughs> Joel. Yeah, so now my, my actual plays of guys that maybe actually have some golf behind it. Um, I think his form isn't good, but I think an interesting first round target at 200 to one, and that's really why it's interesting is because it's 200 to one, um, is Atwal. So Arjun Atwal, and the reason I like him is because um, it wasn't too long. I can't remember off the top of my head which tournament it was, but it wasn't too long ago when he came out hot in a tournament and was not the leader, but he was in like the top three. Um, and so he, he does have a propensity to start hot. Obviously, he's not an elite golfer. We win a tournament. But if he comes out hot and gets you a first round lead in a weaker field at 200 to one, I think that's a good value. So I, I like him um, as a, maybe a, a dart throw here for your first round leader bet. Another first round leader dart that I would like to throw is Jonathan Bird. And it's the same reason. 
Um, if you recall back, it was only not too long ago, two or three weeks ago, he came out – again, he was like top three to the first day. So he can come out strong, and that was in a field with, you know, the big dogs, right, with your Brysons and Rory's and guys like that. So in this field especially, um, this is a, a, a guy that, you know, for one day can certainly get up there. And, and we said this earlier, but I'm just going to reiterate as we're continuing to say these plays – Keep in mind the the difference between these guys down here and the top is smaller than normal because the top is just they have to be elevated because the other guys aren't here. So I do think there is some value in, in just taking some darts on these lower guys because the competition isn't high and you're just getting a value in, in these longer odds. So like the, the, my strategy for betting this week, where I normally like to take safer bets, maybe take some top twenties and things like that. This week I'm just going to take a few more dart shots. Um, at the lower guys, because I do think it's more likely one of these lower high odds guys ends up coming out and winning this tournament. So um, the last couple of guys I'm going to drop for first round leader. Um, I do like Brem and I really like as my first round leader bet, both of them, 100 to one Brem and Aaron Battle, who's normally see his boy, but he's another one of those guys that I've seen uh, early in the week come out hot and then fade off. So I think this could be a spot where he could uh, maybe get to the top. <laughs> I love Wait, it. you said yeah. Brem and who? Baddeley. Baddeley. Oh, Aaron Baddeley. Okay. He is your boy, right? I mean, he's kind of my boy. Um, I, 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 He's always down there in the 6K range, and I'm like, oh, Aaron Baddeley. That's a hey, cost saver. That guy. He's just kind of one of those guys. What's up, guy? Um, you watched I, I, the ball recently? Uh, I watch it every day when I wake up in the morning. That's my morning routine. It's I eat breakfast. On, like- WB11 or whatever. Well, I thought when you wake up in the morning and you're feeling kind of, I don't know the words, I'm going to read yep, it. I'm going to go ahead and uh, mute Joel right there. We're good. <laughs> so, so listen, let, just to illustrate Joel's point, though, about taking shots, like, I mean, obviously, first round leader is kind of like one of those things where it's kind of a roll of the dice, obviously. And so is an outright bet. But if you were going to take a shot at, let's say, an outright bet or even a first round leader, let, let's just contextualize it real quick. Would it surprise you? If, like, does the following statement surprise you? Man, Doug Gim beat Peter Malnati. No, of course that doesn't surprise you. It's two kind of like relatively random names in almost every single PGA Tour event. And yet... They're like eight, there's an 1800 gap in, in, the, in their price. And Malnati is kind of in an elite range at, at, at 9K. So it's one of those things where there's, you know, Luke List, who I generally like, Danny Willett, who's in that 8,000 range. It's perfectly reasonable to say and rationalize like a, a guy at 6,700 beating guys like that in a day or even in four days because none of these guys are really elite outside of a, a few kind of rising stars that we might see in a Will Zalatoris and, you know, maybe a Doc Redmond. So, um, it is really a good time just like take some shots if, if that's what you want to do. That's what I want to do. That is yeah, what I want to do. Yeah, like so like the, the thought process is like that doesn't mean like, you know, change your, your units, right? And so you still if your unit is normally whatever, like let's say a hundred dollars. So that just means like what I'm gonna do is I might make ten ten dollar bets opposed to what I normally make three thirty three dollar bets, right? And so I'm now I'm just gonna do a couple more smaller bets because of the style here. So that's all that means. Still bet the same amount that you would normally bet. Just you know how you just how you kind of spread that out can can change as well. No, bet um, more. Bet more than you're normally gonna bet. Yeah, how about that's that? more fun. <laughs> the the last guy that I that I forgot before and I'll bring back as my first round leader bet opposed to winning the tournament. I do like him for both. For the tournament, he's fifty to one. For first round leader, he's sixty to one. So, um, I actually like him more for first round leader because you're getting a little better odds. And 
you know, well, I'll take the better odds. And, you know, we don't need to, he's not like a top guy to win the tournament is Wesley Bryan. I really like him. Um, I think he's a good golfer. And I really like the fact that he gets to compete in this field without those top guys. Because I think that's what hurts him the most. It's like he's just not as good as Justin Thomas and Rahm and, and those elite guys. So it's going to be hard for him to be when those guys are gone. He is good. And so now when he doesn't have to compete with them, I think, I think you're getting a good value with him in this field. I love it. And that's the analysis you get here on the Wind Daily Sports Show talking the Barracuda Championship DFS embedding breakdown. I think that's up. This what? Also, it's not the Barracuda Championship, though. Oh, yeah. I was singing Barracuda in my I mean, head. I mean, it's kind Barracuda of a while similar ago. to Bermuda, the Barracuda. Bermuda Championship. <laughs> I'm still singing Barracuda in my head. I have been for like the last 45 minutes. It's been awesome. But that's our breakdown of the Bermuda Championship DFS betting. Fun. Joel's birthday lobster claws or tails or whatever you didn't see that coming but it came um yeah i think that's about it i think this was fun i think this was a blast i hope s guy had some fun i know he was here the whole time he's gonna crush it again next week so all you gotta do is pay attention to people one more time windillysports.com backslash chat if you want to hang out with us sia is going to have matchups in the discord he's going to have a secret weapon in the discord joel is going to talk about showdowns in the discord so there's a lot of stuff going on there we'll give it to y'all for free we're going to give it to y'all for free. WindailySports.com backslash chat free for seven days. See ya. Where could everybody find you on the internet? Um, real quick, uh, Stoby, I, I hope you're still listening. He had a couple comments. He said that if uh, we get Kelly Kapowski, that he's going to pay to co-host. And so I oh. think he's had, I think he's going to pay me to kick you off of the co-hosting responsibility. So we can split it, but I think you're out on that interview. No, I'm sorry. I run all this, so <laughs> you guys wouldn't know what yeah, to I'm, do. So I'm, I'm in. I'm legal counsel. Kelly- shit oh damn well Joel, are you a lawyer can you play a lawyer i actually am, uh, i'm also a lawyer yeah okay perfect no I'm, I'm can you hear me now yeah yeah yeah. i'm um, so, you know, yeah i'm i'm not like legally a lawyer where i don't have like my license but my dad and brother are lawyers so that counts as like a family tradition i yes. get i get put yeah. in so for yes. that reason yes i'm mm-hmm. a lawyer see ya, that's how the law works correct it is actually. I, I regret to inform myself that that actually counts. Damn. If not, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty confident that's called nepotism. But again, yeah. I am not 100% sure. So yeah, we got two lawyers on the stream and our law- I'm going to fight. Our lawyers are going to fight each other for Kelly Kapowski. For me to talk to Kelly Kapowski. How weird would it be if it's just like five dudes and then Kelly Kapowski is just <laughs> a small little corner on the side of the page. It's like, so Kelly, what's up? Um, but anyway, see ya. Where can everybody find yeah, you, you commenting about Kelly Kapowski on the internet? You can find me at uh, the, the Wind Daily Sports Discord, of course, but um, on Twitter at Sia Najad and tomorrow on the NFL live stream. Where else? We got to get, come on, where else? Sia Najad Sports on Instagram. Oh, Whoa. that's right. I'm new I'm like new that. to this whole kids yes. game, this IG thing. Uh-huh. See, we're still calling it IG or is there a cooler name now? Uh, Jason calls it IG. I hate when he says that though. It's just, stop mm. it. Just call it Instagram. Um, and yeah, old people are that's starting right. to take it over anyway. So this oh. is kind of your time to shine, man. This is kind of your time to shine. You, you did it with Facebook. I can't be on Facebook anymore because all the olds came in. So it's um, very hurtful. Grandma. Shout out to my grandma as well. Uh, Mr. Flex, where can everybody find you on the internet? At Draftmaster Flex everywhere. Wherever you want to find me, just type in Draftmaster Flex. I'm the guy. <laughs> Joel is the guy. And just a little update. <laughs> we are through two innings, and it took about an hour and 10 minutes. So, God damn it, baseball. Uh, you can find me at Michael Raziel one You can find us at Windaily Sports. One more time for the people in the back, WindailySports.com backslash chat. We're here to help. We're here to help you make money. 
Turn your love of sports into a profit center. It's a blast. We all love it. So why don't you? So for Joel, for Sia, for the rest of the Wind Daily Sports family, for myself, we all hope you make it a very profitable Bermuda championship.